0: Let's go! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your two most important hosts, John and Brandon. That's right. The tag team champs are back, baby. (laughs) And this week, we have a big one for you, including last Saturday's banger of a card, UFC Fight Night San Diego. We're going to guide you through UFC 278 and all the news you could ask for. But most importantly, Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sp- kind of sped through that intro, but yeah. we got a lot to talk about. We do. We're big project. fights. Big fights coming up. Mm-hmm. Special guest picker. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, I might be the biggest thing we got going yeah. right now.
1: Yeah. Just to make it clear, Nate's not here again. Yeah. This is kind of a trend I'm sensing.
0: Yeah, this dude's attendance is it's mm-hmm. getting a little low. Yeah, he's about to uh, at work, you get, like, letters after you miss so many days, and he's, like, an A2 right now. Ooh. A3, you get a, a verbal, mm-hmm. and then you get a written, and then you get some time off. Oh. So. Okay. He's cruising a little bit. Mm-hmm. What did you do uh, interesting this week, anything?
1: What I do interesting this week? Yeah. Man, well, my washer, literally. Yeah. Um. Five minutes before I got here, I'm um, mm-hmm. walking out to get into my car, and my laundry room is flooded with water. So now you got to brush up on your dad skills. Yeah, that like literally that just happened. So that kind of yes. threw me for a loop. So
0: there you go. I didn't really do too much. I got this weekend off, which is nice. Me and Jordan went and got Dan's donuts, which Ooh. one of those things where it's like when you're younger, it's like oh this is cool, and mm-hmm. as an adult, you're just having in line with a bunch of drunk teenagers. Yeah, it's not so fun. Yeah, not so great. At least it's not like winter out. Right, So that's true too. So well, um. You know, we got we to gotta tell these people to do something every time. Mm-hmm. Every and, time. Um, I'll tell part of it, and you can finish it off. I'll okay. tell them, listen, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, we need you to give us five stars. It helps us out a lot. Leave us reviews. We read them. Um, you can leave us five stars on Spotify, anywhere that you listen. That's a big, big part and a big, big help for us. Mm-hmm. And Probably then, the biggest.
1: And then you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at neonbellypodcast.com. Are we on Twitter? Are we still on Twitter? No. Yeah, we're on Twitter. not right really, Our name card's there. Main main stuff, Instagram, TikTok. Follow us Mm -hmm. there. We got some fun content, some videos that we put out, reels, um, and they're real fun to look at. And so spread the love. Like them. Show them to people. Let them know.
0: That's how we do it, man. So let's just move right into it. Let me hope I push the right buttons here. (laughs) UFC San Diego, Uh Chito Vera. Yeah. uh, Comes through big time. Um, I mean, if anybody who didn't see it, you definitely missed out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably one of the nastiest reactions to a, a head kick I've ever seen.
1: Just face plant. Yeah, like arms go limp, head goes down. Yeah, if
0: you if you watch our uh, if you're on our TikTok, I made a pretty funny video putting the Soldier Boy Superman that hoe. Oh, when, when that's how it yeah. looks in the dance. That's bad. Mm. So he wins via fourth round TKO over Dominique Cruz. Um, you know, we talked about it in the chat. It's it was a really good. Really good um, kind of cat and mouse, I felt like, where, you know, Dominique was doing everything. I mean, some people might have even argued he was up three, four rounds into that. But at the end of the day, it's not about how you go throughout the fights; how it finishes and...
1: Yeah, so I so to me the question for this fight, I mean I guess if you're going to look back on it is was it a matter of Cheeto like we kind of like he's talked about being sort of a slow starter and that's where Dom was capitalizing in that round 1, round 2, round 3 mm-hmm. um or is it just, you know, Dom's that good and he was just really putting it on Cheeto and then Cheeto kind of landed there in the fourth. Personally, I think that was a lot of Cheeto kind of making some reads, being a little bit tactical with with trying to Um, pinpoint his accuracy because dom's a tough guy to hit man he's got Mm -hmm. a lot of lateral movement weird feints so it takes some time to kind of calibrate what you want to throw and he missed that kick earlier in the fight so to me again it just kind of lends itself to the idea that you just kind of making reads making reads and then boom he he knew the timing on it eventually and just really capitalized on it
0: right And i think um anthony smith had something interesting to say he said it dom looked like he had to try his hardest to make it competitive, like to be in there and Cheeto was just kinda waiting for his shots, never really got flustered and then actually set it up. Yeah. Um what's
1: yeah. your what's your take on like the cause how many knockdowns did Cheeto have? He knocked him down every round,
0: right? Um let me see what how yes, because like a couple of them he just kinda went to a knee mm-hmm. but they gave him three knockdowns. I wanna say it was round one, round two, round three. Each yeah. one
1: he, he at least if even if you don't want to score it technically is a knockdown. They were really rough shots, right? right? Do you Now, one of my questions is, is that Ch- Cruz's chin going away, or is that Cheetos powder? Or do you think a little bit of both?
0: I think it's a little bit of both, but also, I think Dominic moves into people's stuff sometimes. Like, mm. you know how you talk about people running into a punch? Yeah. Um... But, and it's also weird because, like I said, the guy got immediately back up and was throwing punches. Like, it wasn't even like he was resetting. As soon as he got back up, he's blitzing back to kind of get that space back Mm -hmm. um, until he didn't. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) last kick, there was no getting back Yeah, you know, listen, looking at the numbers, it's crazy because you have Cheeto with three knockdowns, but Cruz outstruck him by almost 40, had more strikes to him everywhere, had the two takedowns, a little bit of control, but... You know, when you're, when you have that X factor, that power and like the, the violence that Cheeto kind of brings, um, it makes it interesting. So looking into that, um, well, we'll start with Cheeto, obviously puts him in a very, very good spot. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem like he's calling necessarily for a title shot. He kind of just wants to fight. Uh, I think he's kind of building his brand on, I just want to fight. And if I become a champion, I'm gonna fight all the time. I'm a fight, 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 fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like yeah. the guy who
1: just wants to stay active. He's not necessarily wanting to just kind of wait in the wings. He's cool. Just give me somebody, and let's keep it going. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think there's probably a mixture of, you know, obviously you want to make money mm-hmm. for your family. He's very vocal about that, but also, you know, being a company man. When an opportunity comes up, you know, like I, we were talking about, like we're going to preview a fight coming up, but one of those guys is really good friends with the champion, and if he wins his fight you might be looking at things a little bit differently in terms of, um, you know, who would be there to fight the ch- the next champion. Yeah. So it does make that interesting. Um, I, I don't know if you caught, but it seemed like as much as the crowd was there for Cruz, Ecuador showed up. Yeah. It di- I didn't notice as
1: much of a negative reaction for Cheeto was what I was expecting. Oh,
0: and there was, a, I feel like there was some Cheeto chance um, yeah. at the end. They were, you know, they were really with him. They weren't really like booing him out. Um, for Cruz though, it, I mean, dude only has four losses. That's still kind of crazy to me, but mm-hmm. just you don't think about how long he's been out. Um, you know, this was a, you know, he didn't look bad. You know, his game plan was working until it didn't obviously, yeah. he, you know, he had his moments. I thought he worked. Um, he started off fast, which what he needed to do. We talked about how Cheeto starts slow. So mm-hmm. he started fast and, um, he made some, some good adjustments and then, Cheeto just made a better adjustment.
1: Yeah, it's tough,
0: man. Like I just think
1: I think this was a decent matchup in the in the sense that I, I personally think Cheeto was sort of Starting a little slow in those first couple rounds, and that made Dom look pretty good. Mm-hmm. But dude, every time Cheeto touched him, he was yeah. getting getting wobbled, getting rocked, and then eventually finished. So I just, I still am just kind of questioning where Dom is in terms of competitiveness for the division, just because the two fights before this again, that split decision with Casey Kenny, which where's he been at, right? And then right. the unanimous decision to Munoz, Pedro, who also rocked him and like, arguably almost finished that fight in the first mm-hmm. round of theirs. So, I don't know, man. So it's tough. It's tough to say for
0: me. You think that's some of it's maybe matchup too? Because how does how does how do you think Cruz looks against like an Aljo, who doesn't necessarily? I mean, he does. He has knocked people out, but that's not his mo. It's you know scrambling, grappling, you, using his athleticism. I think Aljo knocks him out, man. I think yeah. Aljo's
1: just Aljo is just dynamic enough. I think he would probably land something a little funky. Um, I I don't think it would be. It would not be surprising to me if Aljo goes in there, out wrestles Cruz or or, or
0: sleeps him. Mm. Yeah. Do you think for Cheeto that he's going to need to make some adjustments to that slow starting as he gets into these top five guys? Or do you think it's kind of like an Oliveira thing where it's like, yeah, he's getting dropped, but he still wins. So it's kind of for other people to figure out, not him. It's an interesting question.
1: Um, to me, I, I would say you probably definitely want to pick that up in a championship fight. Like against an Aljo, I don't know because Aljo is going to go and you know all five rounds at the pace he's at mm-hmm. and he's a good wrestler and we know cheeto is not the strongest wrestler at least comparatively to aljo so what i would say is if he can't pick it up in the earlier rounds he has to really hope that that power is going to carry over even against those top two top three guys
0: like right. that you think this it takes somebody to take him out early or be able to control him like i mean cheeto's last loss was aldo who controlled him on the ground right? controlled him in the third round mm-hmm. um both the first two rounds were both really competitive. It was probably 1-1 going into that. Obviously, Aldo mm-hmm. ended up pulling it out. So it might take somebody doing something like that. But Cheeto definitely puts himself in a very good position. Uh, moving on, we have another one that deserves a little, a little, love. A little love, man. Nate Landwehr winning by a uh, majority decision. One of the judges had it a draw, 28-28. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it. If you watch the fight, um, unless they i guess maybe they 10-8ed the first round cuz david onama um hurt him really bad with a left in the first round mm-hmm. was trying hard to finish him just couldn't get him out of there um some point i feel like he tried like a choke or something and that might have been a downfall cuz he was just hurting him so much with the hands um david onama trains with kraus um so second round comes out and nate just starts putting it on him moving mm-hmm. forward kind of getting through him hurts him really bad um tries a couple submission attempts that david slips out of Mm -hmm. um they reset for the third round and Krauss is in the corner like hey man do you even want to fight anymore because it it looked bad i I don't know what happened to david onama's um cardio like i told you earlier it seemed like he like how some people look in the fifth round Mm -hmm. but after the first like he just blew his whole tank trying to get the finish right um so then the third round comes out and it's like man this is going to be bad Nate Landwehr's landing knees from the clinch. Like, he just can't knock him out. He couldn't figure it out. Um, And then Onama, like, pulled some stuff out of nowhere and would, like, you know, cover up, look a little loopy, and then land a big right and it rocked Nate a little bit. He'd try to go after him, but he just didn't have enough strength or cardio to kind of push through it. But Nate Landwehr comes through with a really big win. Um, Probably some of the best post fight. Uh, <laughs> mic work. Yeah, he just ignored everything that DC was asking him. I mm-hmm. uh, left him hanging with the handshake. Yep. Like at one point, it just got to the point where DC was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get out of this." It was almost like Nate Diaz esque, right? In just the attitude and yeah. the comments. And well, stuff. it's also like '80s wrestling. Yeah. It's like, "Ooh, y'all are bad. Well, I'm bad too." Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. From Clarksville, man. He's he's exciting. He he uh, made the uh, where is he training at now? He made a change, and it's he's. Been on a run since then. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says he's put in the division on notice. So uh, very interesting. Used his wrestling really well, and he's just really gritty. I mean, at one point in the, the second and third rounds, He would have David down on the ground hurting him, and he would just stand up and walk away and just start, like, pumping up the crowd. Yeah. Not even looking at him. Just completely resetting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that David, like, he didn't have the energy to, like, charge him or try to make him pay for it.
1: Yeah, the energy thing's interesting, man. Like, I almost wonder, too, how much of it's just almost like he was broken mentally just from, like, that first round getting the big drop, you know, the big hurting him in that first round like he did only to not put him away. You got to wonder sometimes what that does for a guy's confidence. And um, then just not be able to get it back. And, yeah, obviously I'm sure he was tired. But yeah. I wonder, too, how much of that he was just, you know, what can I do to this guy at this point?
0: Yeah, and you, you don't see that a lot with weights. I mm. mean, these are 145ers. Usually they don't, you know, they can usually do this into three, four, five rounds. and You just don't see that a lot. But, you know, he's a big guy. You mm-hmm. can tell he carries a lot. Um, I said had his moments, but Nate was just a little bit uh, tougher and ended up pulling through. Right. Another one that I know you said you didn't get a chance to watch, but Maybe I did, not. and I'm giving that one another banner <laughs> um, This one was really interesting. It's Yasmin Haugiri, I believe is how they said her name. Mm-hmm. Um, she wins a unanimous decision over Yzman Lucindo. Um, both of them, it was their debut fights in the UFC, and they just went at it for three rounds. Um Lucinda or Lucindo had some really good moments as far as just like, it's kind of not necessarily like the Vera Cruz, but she would have a big one big shot land moment. And then she would kind of be backpedaling, eating stuff the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yasmin was just so, so tough. And I think these two, these are two girls that have a chance to see each other later and, and bring a lot of excitement to an already um, legitimate straw weight division for women. That's kind of showing some upside yeah. um coming up. And these, and I like to see this too because sometimes when you see debuts or you know unknown names, one of them looks a little bit like ah, you might not be ready for this. But both of these girls are definitely going to be problems. Looks like they were right where they belonged. Pretty oh much. yeah, yeah. Um, they have they're both in good camps, and I just I just feel like um, I don't know. I feel like you're going to see these girls coming up soon. Nice. Um, Also on the card, and I I know I... Since we didn't have a regular co-main event that we knew about as well, I gave a couple names out there to watch. Those names didn't do great. (laughs) Uh, Devin Clark got KO'd, TKO'd by the professional, I can't... Murakanov? Murakanov? Yeah. Yeah, with a nasty Er, body shot. Yeah, he's... That dude's just solid. Mm -hmm. I guess he said that he prefers fighting at middleweight, but he was trying to just get whatever fight he could. So this one was at light heavy, but... Mm -hmm. That dude was just a monster.
1: To knock out (laughs) Devin Clark like that is no joke. And you could see he was kind of going to that body a few times. Like he was kind of lighting it up. And then just that one shot right there at the end, right in the solar plexus, or maybe, I think it may have been a liver shot. No,
0: it was solar plexus, um, okay. yeah. Because Devin was doing a good job trying to lean away from that left hand, but yeah. it... And it just smacked, man. Yeah. You just see him drop immediately, so that's really cool. Really weird not to see Devin try to do any type of takedowns.
1: Yeah, he was throwing those weird kind of wheel kicks. Like, he would kind of get mm-hmm. spun off um, with the hands, and then in, in or, instead of just spinning around completely, he was kind of throwing this weird backwards kind of heel kick, heel kick, and... Um, that was odd, too, because I thought there were some moments there, like you said, where he definitely could have shot in and had some some groundwork in there, but he just never really took an opportunity.
0: Yeah, he, he landed a good left head kick, mm-hmm. I think it was in the second yeah, round. Yeah, wrapped right around the yeah, back of the head. Yeah, but just couldn't finish it off, and I don't know what's next for him. Um, I mean, like I said, you'd think you'd want to use that wrestling more, but we see that with guys. Mm-hmm. They fall in love with striking, and they kind of leave that because they want to knock guys out or or whatever it is. That That's... You know he's won for his last three mm-hmm. or last four, so hopefully he can figure it out. But my man, the professional is—he's uh, a monster. Yeah. Um, also on the card, GM three baby. I saw that one. I don't doing what he does. Yeah, not <laughs> even only what he does, but he was out striking <laughs> Bruno Silva, who just went strike for strike with Alex Pereira. Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't think Bruno looked the same though. I wonder if that Alex fight took something from him, confidence wise, or. I don't know, could be. And I'm Orc. I mean, we could just be sleeping on GM3s. Mercharts uh Advancements, I I
1: think that we're almost like a victim like just because whenever you say GM three now something that always is going to stand out is Hamza Right, Right. and so I I think it's almost a little unfair to solely look at that and that's something I do Um, so I think it's important to recognize obviously like, you know This fight is a classic example that GM three is more than that loss to Hamza, right? Right. (laughs) So he's showing it now.
0: I mean since that loss to Hamza, he's you know four out of five. Yeah, I know um this puts him back on a winning streak. Um, I don't know I don't know, man. I'm I'm interested to see where he goes from here. Yeah. You know, having this level, I mean, to be able to outstrike Bruno Silva and still have his submissions, he puts together an interesting little combo of skills there, yeah. especially at middleweight. Mm-hmm. Um also on the card, you had Angela Hill getting a win. That was really good. Another guy I, I had talked about was Martin Budai. He ended up pulling off a split decision. I don't know if he won that fight. He was the slower guy against uh, Brzecki. Um, I thought he was probably on his way to a loss, but he was landing big shots, so that could be it. That He wins by split decision. Either way, 11-1 at heavyweight, you'd love to see that. Yeah. Get some chances with some of these guys who need fights and get some young blood up there. because yeah, know, Who knows how long we're going to still have the Derek Lewis's and <laughs> some of these other guys that are just up there in age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina Nunez pulls off the split decision victory over Cynthia Calveo and then goes on to retire in the ring, Mm. stating that she wants to have kids, expand the family. Mm -hmm. Um, Said she felt like she's done what she wanted to do with MMA. Obviously, she's a black belt in, like, taekwondo and other disciplines. So, um, I mean, good for her to be able to leave on a win for Cynthia Probably sucks to, like, lose to the girls. Like, yeah, no, I'm done now. that I got you out of there. Yeah, I mean, that happens. But good for her. I mean, I think it's good to see fighters
1: go out on a win like that because you don't see it too often. So when it does happen, I think it's important to kind of cherish it a little bit. And hopefully guys will use that in the future. Guys and girls will use that in the future to make sure. uh, Yeah, to make sure that, um, you know, you don't have to always – yeah, I don't know how to um, where I'm going with this, but I just feel like it's too often guys will kind of go a little further than what they need to in their careers. Mm-hmm. So I think I wish more people would take
0: you know GSP Habib Nina into consideration when they retire. Yeah and I mean the reasoning also changes because for a guy it's to want to expand his family, he doesn't necessarily have to quit fighting mm, for her she's gonna have to be sitting out yep. um, and for Cynthia Calvea, that's four in a row. Mind you, these four are Caitlin Chikagian, Jessica Andraj, uh, Angelie Lee, and then now Nina Nunez.
1: Yeah, that's a tough four, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't.
0: I don't know what's next for her. I don't know if it's a change of division. I don't know if it's a change of promotion.
1: Mm.
0: I don't know. Um, also on the card, I, another person I kind of talked about was Ode Osborne, um, who's very exciting. Was fighting a really tough Tyson Nam. Tried a flying knee, and as soon as he landed back on his feet, Tyson threw a right hand that just sent him into the cage and then finished him up pretty quickly from there. Um, if you go back and watch that fight, what's kind of crazy is they were both kind of like weirdly fainting at each other, and they were doing it for like long periods of time where they're just like almost not hitting each other, like mm. almost like shadow boxing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that one ended up real, real crazy. Overall, I mean, really good card. I mean, we had so many finishes. Not obviously not like last week, but I mean, even the main card, you know, you only have two decisions on it, really highlight stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's it for San Diego, UFC San Diego. It was nice. It was a good card, man. Yeah. And it started at seven. I thought it was six or I think the main card started at seven. I don't, I don't remember, but it was over by 1030. Yeah. Not bad. And I'm, I'm here for that every Mm -hmm. time, especially on a, on a fight night card. So Before we move on to UFC two seventy eight, Brandon, why don't you update us on our scores? Okay. Well, I forgot my book outside, so I don't have the scores currently on me, but I do know
1: that Nate came away with one point because he had the unanimous decision. You came away with two because you had the method and fighter. Um, and I came away with three because I got all yeah. three I got the round, method,
0: and fighter. So Yeah. We were I, just talking how you wanted my pick yes. as third round. Mm-hmm. I was one round off. Yep. But we're picking for three fights this weekend. We are, so and, there's still room. And it's going good. Uh, I'm going to pull a card from Nate here and give you a little fun fact. We're going to be talking about UFC 278 in Salt Lake City, August 20th. So here's two fun facts about Salt Lake City. I'm excited. Well, the first one is about Utah, but we're <laughs> just going to – this in general. Utah is the only state that has a cooking pot. The Dutch oven is one of its state symbols.
1: That's interesting.
0: Um, down, actually, I got three fights, three facts for you. Downtown Salt Lake City is the headquarters of the Mormon Church. Didn't know that either. Did you know that they also have, they're the ones, they have an archive of all of the ancestry in 23, like all the, the DNA tests for that, for those ancestry tests and stuff like that. They have a big vault full of all of that. Really? Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Hmm. We'll find out when there's clones of us. Okay. The other thing I want to tell you is the Rocky Mountain elk is the state animal of Utah, while the state firearm, yes, they have one, is the Browning M1911 due to the inventor's ties to the state. Mm, that's kind of cool. So Utah a little bit more exciting than people thought. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. Did Do all states have a state firearm? I don't think so.
1: I can only imagine.
0: What do you think Indiana's would be? Mm, that's a good question. I think, you can usually, I think you can legally use an AK-47 to chop down a tree in Indiana. Is that a thing? I think so.
1: I'm definitely looking
0: this up. Yeah, I would, I would look it up. I do know for a long time, throwing stars were illegal in Indiana. I bet you I'm going to go with throwing star, probably for Indiana. Yeah. That's something they would push. All right, folks. Let's get into this banger of a card. We got... Um, I mean, we're going to be picking for three fights, but we could be picking for so much more. I'm going to let Brandon take these first couple, and then I'm going to finish it up. What do we got for the main event? All right. So for our main event, we have the number one pound for pound, pound for pound, excuse me,
1: fighter in the world, Kamaru Usman versus the number two ranked welterweight, Leon Rocky Edwards. Um, so this is actually a rematch between the two. They originally fought back in December of 2015, where Usman beat Edwards by unanimous decision, um, Usman is currently on a 19-fight win streak, whereas Sheesh. Leon himself is in unbeaten in nine fights since losing to Usman back in 2015. So we've got some uh, some winners here in this mm-hmm. main event. Um, look for Leon Edwards to utilize some very sharp um, striking that he used in the first fight between these two, and uh, Usman really kind of relied heavily on his grappling in their first fight. But... Since this, um, we've as we've seen, Usman has really kind of come into his own with the striking, knocking out Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal, and finishing Colby in one of their last two fights. Um, so both these guys are really decorated with wins over top level guys, and mm-hmm. this should be a fun rematch, man. Because there's been some quite a bit of time between their their original fight, so it would be exciting to see what new tools and wrinkles they bring to this
0: rematch yeah i mean i don't think you could draw it up any better than this they both have obviously gone on to look so much better since that fight mm-hmm. i mean if i would have told you that from watching that first fight that leon edwards would now average almost a takedown and a half per fight <laughs> yeah you would think i'm crazy um and on the flip side if i would have told you Usman was knocking out the best strikers in his division yep. and finishing some of the toughest guys you'd be like yeah right he's you know Wrestling them out, snore fights, mm-hmm. and they've both just made big, big jumps.
1: um To put that grappling of Leon into perspective, too, because I don't think I did a, a good enough job there. He outgrappled Nate Diaz for the majority of their fight when mm-hmm. they fought um last earlier last year. So yes, yeah. they've both improved in their respective um, areas.
0: Yeah, and and I think a big difference for me is Usman. I feel like has fell in love with this new boxing and striking mm-hmm. um not that he hasn't need like he's needed to use other things as much because i mean he's putting guys out and, right and dominating guys mm-hmm. but you know we seen like in the burns fight where he gets in a firefight with burns burns rocks him yeah he obviously recovers goes on to knock out burns or yeah do burns in with that as well um on the flip side you don't necessarily see leon falling in love with grappling but he is using it he's becoming a full um full-fledged mma fighter mm-hmm. in that um, I was telling you off camera, man, or off podcast, I really want to, I really want to root for Leon in this, <laughs> but he's been a decision machine. Yeah. I mean, his last, what, I mean, almost all those wins since that fight have all been, except for one TKO and a submission, have all been decisions. Um, a couple of them split and I just don't know if you can decision Usman. It would be hard. Yeah. Because as we've seen Colby. Yeah. Because you think how he wins He's gonna have to, you know, outstrike him, which people aren't doing right now currently against Usman. But Leon is the more decorated. He has a little bit more tools at his disposal as far as how he uses his kicks, knees, elbows. Mostly, what we've seen from Usman is his power, um, using his boxing. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's taking Usman down. Mm-hmm. I do think maybe he could look good in some scrambles, like you were saying in there their previous fight. He did have some decent defensive wrestling and jujitsu yeah. before this. Mm-hmm. And he's only been doing nothing but drilling it since then. Um, and you know, Usman's coming off the hand surgery. He's about to be in black Panther too. He's talking about fighting 205 fivers. Like mm-hmm. we don't know where his head's at in this. It's fair, but it's, Number one, pound for pound. It's just hard to pick against that. So I'm going to go ahead and throw out my pick, and I'm going to be taking Kamaro Usman with a fourth-round TKO. I think if he can wear on Leon, he could probably ground and pound him out. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Nate's obviously not here. Right, right, right. So a little surprise for you guys. We had a special guest um, picker for mm-hmm. Nate, right? Cause just like I'm, it happened for me. Yeah. So this kind of new, new unspoken rule we have, if you don't show up to the pod, you forfeit your picks. Right. And they go to somebody else, right? So standing in for Nate, we have my brother, Chicken Fried Bryce, yeah. okay? So he is a world-renowned MMA analyst, okay? I'm going to mm-hmm. give you guys his picks, and I'll get into the reasoning with, with the three as well. I'm excited to hear his
0: reasoning so, more than
1: anything. Yeah, so his first pick for this main event, he has Kamar Usman mm-hmm. by second-round knockout. Nice. Not a bad pick. No, know Not a bad one. So, um, yeah, man, so I, for me, I'm going to go in ahead and say – um. It's tough for me to pick Leon as well. Um, he had good moments in that first fight, um, on the ground and on the feet, especially, um, but he was wobbled in that fight with Diaz at the in the fifth round, right? right. So, and I feel like if Diaz can wobble you, I know Usman can wobble you if he hits, right. right? Um, so it's it's really tough for me to pick Leon in this one. Usman has looked so good, but so is Leon, man. He didn't look bad against Usman. Part of me wants to go Leon just because the two of you both went went right. Usman, um. But I feel like if I'm thinking with my head, I would be going with Usman for sure. But you know what, man? Let me just go against Do the it. grain. I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. I'll take Leon Edwards by unanimous decision. Maybe he can stick and move and uh, yeah. make something happen.
0: You know, I'm a little jealous. I'm not in a position to make that type of a call in my in my pecking order of the picks. Yeah. So you being able to... I, I wanted to pick that, but I just... I, I need going it. for points. Yeah, I need it. And I just... He's the number one pound for pound. The it's guy's hard, won man. 19 in a row and just finishing everybody. Yeah, uh, Did he have a reasoning for his pick? They're all the same, so I'll get to the reasoning oh, okay, for all okay, of these okay. at the end. So go ahead and put us
1: into our co-main. Okay. So our co-main event is a middleweight matchup between number six, Paulo Costa, and well, unranked Luke Rockhold. Um, these two guys are both coming off of a two fight skid. Um, Rockhold recently losing to Jan Blahovic via knockout and Joelle Romero via wow. knockout. Worth noting that all five of Luke Rockhold's MMA losses have been via knockout. Um, and then Paulo Costa also running riding a two fight losing skid while losing to the champ Izzy Adesanya by second round TKO and Marvin Vittori in that kind of weird um, decision loss he took. Um, Mm -hmm. earlier last year so for this one guys we're looking for Luke Rockhold coming in after a three-year layoff looking to see if he can kind of come back and make a new new name for himself new Mm -hmm. run for the title at middleweight um don't forget Luke Rockhold is a former champion he took the belt away from Chris Weidman after Chris went on that tear beating Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort and Machida so this is not a guy who's you know some slouch rock right. can definitely hang um, Just le- recently hasn't looked as good um, Paulo Costa as well, man He was undefeated up till his fight with Izzy Adesanya and everybody's lost to Izzy to this point So he's right. not he's
0: he's in a there's no there's nothing bad about right. that per se
1: and then um, you know The next fight with him was against Marvin Vittori and it was just kind of a weird It didn't really look like the Costa we had been used to man Just didn't seem to be letting his hands go. Um all the same, though, still took the loss um, decision. Just really wasn't going. Um, Marvin just was kind of, you know, throwing his hands, landing a lot more than Costa and just in his face, walking him down. So um, to me, man, this is a really good fight for both these guys because Rockhold, in my opinion, he really it's hard to make a case that he deserves a, a top five guy. Um, but here we are, and he gets one with Costa. Right. Um, so this is a chance to show where he could or could not belong in the division. And then Costa as well, um, you know, taking the two losses. This is a guy who... Gets knocked out that he's fighting, and um, it's also a guy with a name, everybody knows Luke mm-hmm. Rockhold. So, I think it's a good good opportunity for both these guys. It'll be exciting to see which one, um, is really kind of fixed the wrinkles they've been dealing with lately, and is it going to come out sort of you know more prepared for this win? So, we'll see, we'll see what happens,
0: right? With uh Costa, obviously, the with the Marvin Vittori fight, there was the weight issues, right? Right, right, where they had to do it at 205 because Costa had the weird yes. Weird thing with making weight. Obviously, we know his excuse from the Izzy fight was that he was wine drunk and mm-hmm. couldn't sleep. um He's also becoming my favorite person on Twitter. Yeah, uh, his I don't know who's running his page. If you ever get a chance, just scroll through it. It's hilarious. Oh, his Twitter. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's found personality outside of just like the big macho. I'm pretty sure he left that manager. Um, um uh, Sehudos, the dude with the white glasses i don't captain know captain eric or whatever Mm-mm. um i think he's moved management so that could be interesting as well um and it's also interesting for rockhold is you know obviously his last three losses are all knockouts but you're talking about michael bisping yoel romero jan Blahovich. those are people who knock people out yeah on, um tough fights He's also only had two decisions in his whole career. Everything has been a finish, win or lose. Mm -hmm. Um, Has a lot of submission victories that people don't really think about just because it's been a while since he's been in the spotlight. But he tapped out Tim Bosch, Michael Bisping, and Leota Machida um, in his run in the UFC. So I know Luke Rockhold seems to think he's the guy who could solve Izzy. Um and he, he's he's kinda also been weird about saying like I wanna fight Izzy but not for the title. I just wanna prove that I can beat that guy.
1: Yeah, Luke, he's an interesting guy. Worth noting too, I don't think I said this. His fight against Yon Volhovich was obviously two oh five. Um he kinda had this point in his career where he was gonna try to move up. Um so then he got the fight against Yon and that went how it went, and so now here we are back at, you know, making that run for one
0: eighty five. So right.
1: um both these guys have had some interesting stuff with weight as well.
0: Right. And, you know, the Vittori fight was weird, but it was one of those ones that I felt like Costa could have easily won. He just was not going for it. Yeah. Um, he stayed there the whole time. He was landing some good shots. Um, just maybe maybe it was the weight thing, or I, I don't know where he's at in well, life.
1: You got to wonder, too. That was before the the Marvin fight, he had taken his first loss, and it was a right. TKO to Izzy, right? So, I mean, to get he put got, out like that. He got hunched afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, to get put out like that, you got to wonder where his head was at coming into a fight right. with Vittori. Um, Could have been
0: a little bit of that gun shyness, too, we've seen from other guys. Right, and it's interesting because, you know, we haven't seen people, because although Luke does have the submission wins, we haven't seen people necessarily grapple with Paula It's just been, you know, these last two of people who just were kind of moving through him, and he wasn't able to, you know, put the pace that he's had on other people. If you look at him and Yoel, he was moving right into Yoel, eating shots, giving Mm -hmm. shots. So I think if we get that, Paulo Costa could be a a very short night for Rockhold, who's very chinny at this point. Absolutely, Um, yeah. And I mean, even with Costa losing to Izzy how he did, you know, nobody else has really been able to do that to him, drop him, and, you know, even get to the chance to be able to finish him let alone beat him in that category mm-hmm. um just punch for punch so for me personally i'm going to go costa second round tko i think he puts it back together because rockhold just I, I know he has the skill i mean he's an amazing kickboxer like i said great submissions i just feel like if he gets i feel like costa can eat some stuff and i don't know that rockhold can eat what costa's throwing back at him mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with
1: it. Okay. So you said second round TKO, right? Yep. All right. So Bryce's pick for Nate is Paulo Costa, first round knockout. That's not bad. Not a bad pick. No. This dude's a little ringer. Yeah. Jeez. So um all right, so for me, I am going to go with Paulo Costa as well. I really doubt a third round knockout, but I do think a knockout is coming. So I'll take the third round knockout just because that's all I have left. Um so that's my pick. Paulo Costa, third round knockout.
0: Nice. And that's I mean, both of those fights could be over. The, the co-main and main could be over very quickly, or we could be in for a little bit of a barn burner Very true with the way that they fight. So I'm going to take the third fight with my boy being in it. Jose Aldo fighting Marab Develishvili. Devela- Develishvili? Is that how you're saying it? I have it? no idea. I'm just going to call him Marab yeah, the rest of the Mar- way, but I had to do at least one try. Yeah, So and they would be mad if you did you're right. right. So uh, Jose is on a three-fight win streak with the decision wins over Chito, Pedro Munoz, and Rob Font. Marab is on a seven-fight streak with decision wins over Dotson and Cody Stamman and most recently knocking out Marlon Marais. I thought Marlon Marais, I mean Marlon Marais hurt him really bad in that fight in the first. Um, Eventually Marab somehow ended up getting back to his feet and controlling him and uh, ended up getting the finish via ground and pound um jose's reinvented himself with strong boxing and head movement mixed in with his takedown defense and the leg kick stuff that he always does he hasn't used it as much lately but we know it's still there mm-hmm. so i think this is a very interesting uh fight because marab he moves forward he doesn't backtrack and he'll eat stuff while he's moving forward that's just how he is mm-hmm. uh, a training partner for Aljo, um so he's part of a good gym he uses his wrestling i mean i think he averages like five takedowns a fight or something like that something crazy that's really impressive <laughs> Seven takedown average for a fight, yeah. That's nuts, that is insane. To Jose's 0.5, yeah, <laughs> but that's not what he does. Funny enough, though, he's only submission average is only 0.35, so he's not going for subs, he's ground and pounding guys out and controlling them. Marab, yeah, yeah, Marab. Um, you know, I don't know what I was talking about earlier is he, he seems to be pretty vocal on he doesn't want to fight Algermane, so if Algermane's still in this division by the time he gets to title contention he said he might move up or move down mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because if he wins this fight i mean he's probably in line for a title shot right. i mean he's 6 i think aldo's 5 so that makes a lot of sense and for aldo you know this is probably this is his last run at a title mm-hmm. an amazing run to think that he moved down a weight and since the loss to volkanovskis beat 3 of the toughest guys in the division he wins this one i don't know if anybody has a better four fight streak of of beating Chito, um, Pedro, Rob Font, and then Marab. That's that's a crazy four in a row. Yeah. Um, I think Aldo is a, a very interesting um, matchup because he does use his boxing really well, and Marab tries to mix up the boxing a lot. A lot of times he'll throw a big right hand, take that into a takedown, but we also know Aldo doesn't really get taken down like that. Mm. He did in the on-fight. Granted, he had a broken rib at that point, so mm. I don't know how well he was able to... Fin those off but any other fight he's one of the guys who's immediately up he has really good balance um and with his new love for his boxing his head he does really good head movement but he uses boxing really well to keep people away he brought the leg kicks back for pedro and that paid dividends. And if you watch the Marais fight, Marais landed like three or four really heavy leg kicks and Marab had no want to even check him. Worth noting here, John is a massive Jose right, fan. Right, 100%. <laughs> and, but I, I gave Marab his shine. You did, early. you did. I, better than I did for Kai Kaikara. I gave Kaikara <laughs> all the shine. So um, I, I think for this one, you know, if I feel like if... Because one thing I think Marab or uh, Morice lacked was the fight IQ on going for the finish after he hurt Marab. Yeah, I just think he put himself in some bad positions trying to do weird stuff to win. I don't think Auto does that as well as much. I think he has really good fight IQ. I'm going with the Lonely Heart Boy picks here. There it is. I'm gonna go. Let uh, me make sure I have how I want it. I'm gonna say same with the last one. Jose Auto second round TKO. I think the leg kicks start working. He starts using his boxing and he does a really good knee. So okay, we'll see how it goes.
1: This one gets a little bit interesting for picks. So this one, um, Bryce, the pick he made for Nate was Marab by round three submission. Ooh, yeah, which not the not the craziest, but definitely a little um, little out there. Right. So um, okay. So my pick, um, yeah, I think Jose did look good in his last his last few fights. Interestingly enough, the Font fight, if I remember right, he had a few takedowns in that one, and he had a lot of top control time. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think he's going to out-wrestle Marab here, obviously. I think um, Marab, a little bit of a—definitely a, a pace pusher, I think. And I think where all those struggles is when guys walk him down, get in his face, and they don't back away. Um, So I think all those shot of winning here is to put Marab away. I think mm-hmm. if, he, if he doesn't put Marab away, I think Marab takes this one— um, in any other facet, so I'm going to go with Marab here. Um, I'm going to say unanimous decision for Marab. I think nice. he gets it done. Decision.
0: Yeah, I mean Vegas has this Aldo minus 105, Marab minus 115. So Pretty it's a pickum. Yeah. yeah, that's what they call those. So those are the three fights that we're going to be picking for. But I mean, this car has so much. Um, Marcin Tibera versus uh, I think it's Alexander Romanov. Let me think. Yeah, it's Alexander. Uh, Alexander Romanov has only done nothing but. Knockout or knockout and then sub two guys, I mean, the dude's sixteen and zero uh, in the UFC. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, five, five wins. Four of them are finishes. Three of those are subs. I mean, you don't see that type of stuff in the heavyweight division in the mm-hmm. UFC since like Frank Mir, and then Marcin Tibera, That dude just only. I mean, he lost to Volkov his last fight, but before that, the dude won five in a row. Against Ben Rothwell, Greg Hardy, Walt Harris, um, Sergey Spivak, who's on a streak himself right mm-hmm. now, so that's a big one for the heavyweight division. If Romanoff wins, you got to think he's he's probably moving up into that you know top five, top six type of fight guy. Yeah. Um, local guy Henry Hunsucker's making his light heavyweight debut. Mm-hmm. He's going to be fighting. Um, let me see. Make sure I got his name right. It's, yeah, Tyson Pedro from Australia. Okay. Um, who Tyson Pedro's, you know, his last five, he's two for two and three in those. Fought some like, you know, Shogun, he's fought OSP, um, a couple other people. Henry Hunsucker, obviously, he made his debut at Heavyweight. Um he was on the contender series, lost to tie to Avassa, lost to Justin Taffa Both of those are knockouts. So I didn't think he was necessarily built like a type of guy who could make a debut at two oh five, but Maybe that power carries over, and we'll find out. You can see something new on the undercard. Uh, Leandro Santos, he's on there. Um, your girl Maverick Miranda Maverick, mm-hmm. she's on there. Um, Davison Figueiredo's I think it's cousin or brother. He's on the undercard. So really, really good card. Um, obviously, the main card is super stacked, especially once you get to the, those top three. So. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at with that. Hope you guys watch that for sure. August 20th, Salt Lake City. Um, it's going to be a banger. Moving on to everyone's favorite. Going on news. the news. Uh-huh. Going on the news. Uh-huh. And if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. News. We're actually going to start with you, Brandon. I'm going to let you go ahead and get the, the jujitsu stuff going. because I All got right. a lot of fight announcements. So
1: we had a, a pretty and pretty big anticipatory matchup between mm-hmm. gordon ryan and felipe peña okay now the reason for those of you that don't know the reason this was a big match is because gordon ryan is on um, pretty undoubtedly the best nogi grappler in the world today i mean mm-hmm. he just is um he knocks off legends almost every time he competes finishes them and he does it, it what seems to be pretty easily Um, however, Felipe Pena is a guy who has beat Gordon Ryan twice. Okay. Mm -hmm. He beat him once. I want to say back in 2016, they did a no time limit match that went a little over an hour and Felipe caught Gordon in a rear naked choke, finished Mm -hmm. him. It was a real big deal because obviously nobody was beating Gordon, um, especially at the time in that way. So that kind of was, that was pretty massive. So fast forward a little bit, 2017. Okay. This is ADCC. This is arguably the biggest jujitsu tournament or grappling tournament in the world. And these two meet up again in the finals of the Absolute Division, okay? Mm-hmm. So a big rematch here. The exact same transition that ha- occurred in the first match for Felipe to get Gordon's back happened in this rematch, okay, of the mm-hmm. finals for ADCC. So at the final three minutes or so, Felipe takes Gordon's back because Gordon goes for his one of his leg locks. And um, in ADCC, the last five minutes are points. And so essentially, Felipe gets his four points. Um, and then wins the match via points, right? Mm. So another big deal. So he's 2-0 against Gordon now, right? How many people can say that? Not anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody say, else. He's got to be the only person who's 2-0 yeah. against Gordon. Right? Well, so then, well, until we get to this third match, okay? And this is what happened this past weekend on Sunday. And we'll get to a little bit more of that in a second. Um, so this is the third fight, right, of, between Gordon and Felipe. So it's like at some point you're like, well, why? Why do I want to see a third fight? Well, since 2016, Gordon has packed on arguably 65 pounds of muscle. That boy's Jack. He's a big boy, um, very strong, and he's also de- his game has developed in, in an insane, insane way. Right. Um, in 16 and 17, he was a predominantly a leg locker. Obviously, has great jujitsu overall, but since 2016, Gordon's jujitsu has just completely transformed. If this dude gets on top of you. He's gonna pass your guard. He's gonna get you to mount and he's gonna finish you
0: from there I mean he's, he's doing what he wants at this point. Yes. He's writing down how he's finishing people exactly doing it
1: exactly So that's kind of the reason for this third match. Gordon's bigger. He's better. It's gonna he's gonna run through Felipe That's the idea, right? So we have this no time limit match set up And then the day of the match, um, we have the passing of a legend Leandro Lowe who's a, a teammate close friend with mm-hmm. Felipe right so The match happens, and this is according to what the fans saw in the moment, right? The match happens. um, It's a fairly contested back and forth um, in the beginning. Gordon hits quite a few really good sweeps from half guard, um, very clean. um, Struggles to pass Felipe's guard, ends up getting his back once um, Mm -hmm. slightly. And then about the the 30-minute mark, um, you see this kind of weird exchange. Felipe goes to the table um like the commentating table when it says something Gordon's got his hands in the air we think he's quitting and then the match sort of continues and then about a little after the 45 minute mark um Felipe ends up just kind of verbally saying I'm done like I'm just done okay so um Felipe verbally verbally taps um about 40 45 minutes into the match and um that's the end of it so it was a fairly it was a fairly Average match, I mean, mm. again, there wasn't anything too flashy, too crazy. Um, Gordon had some good moments, had arguably the better moments, right? Swept Felipe a few times, took his back. Um, but the big thing was Felipe are saying, you know, well, since Landre passed, you know, that really kind of threw him off. And um, there was this whole drama made about F- Felipe came out a few days later saying they forced me to compete. I didn't want to compete that day after I heard the news. And they made me, and this, that, and the other, and then um, so Flo put out a, a statement. I'm just gonna read the statement, and then I'll just kind of leave it there because that was kind of
0: the. Because um, yeah, I thought I heard that he asked for a time limit. Yeah. So um,
1: Gordon said he didn't want to. Yes. So that's. So I'm just gonna read okay, so Flo ahead. Flo Grappling's statement here. So, um, this is the statement regarding the August 7th WNO Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena. Um, so this is from Michael Sears and the WNO team. Um, there have been some questions and controversy about what transpired pre-match on Sunday, so we want to clear things up. Felipe Pena requested a 30-minute time limit match. Gordon Ryan said he would rather stick to the agreed-upon terms and rules or reschedule to a later date to keep the match no time limit. Gordon was never offered to do the match first on the card. We offered Felipe a pay increase to keep the match on the original date and original terms plus a guaranteed rematch, and he accepted. At no point did Flo or Gordon force anyone to do anything. Felipe requested a rule change, and Gordon said he wanted the agreed-upon rules or to reschedule the match. Felipe agreed to the original terms after Flo offered him a significant pay increase. Mm. So, that kind of clear. – I'm if, assuming that Flo is telling the truth. That kind of cleared up the picture there. Um, so – Hopefully, we see in a rematch. I suppose right, with yeah. the more more engaged, focused Felipe. Assuming that did play a role.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't see it, but from what you've seen, do you do you feel like? a chance to reset and refocus, he has a better chance in that? Or do you feel like it's kind of inevitable with where Gordon's at right now? So
1: actually, you know what? Nate brought up a really good point. Me and him were talking a little bit about it. And um, Felipe was really pushing for that 30 minute time limit, right? Right. Well, in this match, which never was, there was no time limit about the 30 minute mark, you see Felipe start to will. So mm. it kind of makes you wonder if Felipe's cardio just isn't going to be there or it just right. wasn't at least then. Um, as far as jujitsu, man, based on what I'm seeing, I have to, I have to assume Gordon's got the better jiu jitsu, mm-hmm. um, so I, you know unless something crazy different happens from Felipe, and then in the rematch, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Gordon's gonna push the pace and put the pressure on him and eventually break Felipe. Right.
0: I mean, at this point, if I'm Felipe, maybe you just take your two dubs and say, "Hey, I'm one up." He, he always could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know we kind of talked about it in the group chat with Jacob too, but how do you feel about this whole no time limit thing? I mean, these guys are going for so long, and I mean, I guess in a a death match per se in quotes, there's no time limit in how that fight goes, whatever. Mm -hmm. But for a viewer, I mean, I know that sometimes you do get high level stuff and it's an, you know, interesting and engaging, but you know, 40, I think Gordon wrote down 45, he's going to end it in 45 minutes and he ended it in 44 and 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, like, is that enjoyable for you no to so watch 45 minutes I, of I love
1: watching jiu-jitsu man i really do but i don't care who it is i don't want to see a no time limit match especially not on a sunday night um yeah it's at, like- that starts at like 11 o'clock right and, and absolutely not because those matches can notoriously go on for one and a half two hours and if we got to work the next day like you know we can talk about ufc events starting at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Well yeah, it's a Saturday night. Most people don't have to work on Sunday. Right. So that makes a little bit more sense. Um personally I think it rule sets are a big deal in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um some of them are designed specifically to increase the action. So I, I think it just kinda depends on what you're how do you measure whether or not somebody's the best grappler. Is it right. is it whether or not you can get the sub? Is it whether or not in a specific rule set you can win. Like A D C C has specific rules. EBI has specific rules. Personally, man, I just think um something like an adcc is probably the in my opinion the best it's optimal um Mm -hmm. your 10 minute matches minimum forces wrestling it forces um people to kind of really go for the finish or you know go for action in terms of sweeps and and um near near submissions and things like that so i think adcc's got the best rule set Mm -hmm. um but no i mean i'm just not a fan of no time limit i don't think most people are
0: yeah it's interesting i mean i i agree i mean You know, for on on the MMA side, right? You have to prove in a championship fight, you have to prove you're the baddest man for 25 minutes, and that's Mm -hmm. all you get. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't prove it within that, sorry for you. If that's your threshold, that's great because you just made it to the end and now you win. Right. You know, people talk all the time about how Nate Diaz. I mean, we're seeing it now. 279. He's getting a five round main event fight. It's not for a title. His last fight was a five round, five round co main event fight. Right. Like he's just in that that zone now. Like people talk about how like oh, Nate Diaz would beat anybody if there's no time limit, but that's just not how that works. Right. Um, I think it's something. I think there's something more to being able to solidify a win in a time limit because even even if we both have the greatest cardio ever, once you go for an hour and some change, I mean that's kind of nobody's training to grapple for an hour. No. Cause that's not applicable in a real life situation. You know, you're not gonna <laughs> be in a park. No, just fighting yeah, each other for, for an, an hour. I,
1: no, it just, yeah, I just not a fan of the rule or the the. I'm not a fan of the idea behind it being the one way to decide who's the better one. Um, I just think nobody wants to watch two hours of jiu jitsu. I right. just don't care who you are.
0: So obviously, they do have a rematch clause in there, so that's good for him. But is there anybody that you see? giving gordon anything i mean he's pretty much begging people to step up Uh, no man i just to me it's honestly
1: going to be adcc will be interesting um just because that format you have a few matches each day um Mm -hmm. so it's just a very unique kind of occasion the rule set and i believe gordon's going to be competing at heavyweight as well on top of being the absolute champ so he's going to face andre galvao so nothing happens there um so that's going to be interesting there's a lot of opportunity for gordon to lose is what Mm -hmm. i'm saying um will he i don't know um, I don't see, nobody stands out to me that could potentially beat him. I mean, ADCC is unique. It could, right. I could see Andre um, Galvao doing something a little crazy, but, um, right now, man, no, it's hard to see anybody beating
0: him. Yeah. It is interesting, man. Um, the world of jujitsu is, um, revolving around gordon right now so Mm -hmm. it kind of makes it scary for if he decided you know if the stomach issues came back or he decided to step away yeah i mean you do still have some big names but he's really driving it right now kind of how floyd drove boxing for so long yeah and it took them a minute to find the next you know name to look at yeah um moving on we have some some pretty interesting uh fight results pfl stevie ray defeating um anthony pettis unanimous decision Uh, pettis just hasn't looked Great. Granted, in this fight, he broke both his hands. I don't know how you do that. Well, he broke one of his hands in the Ferguson fight too, right? Right. That's true. So he broke both of his hands. He's getting surgery on those. Pettis just not looking good in PFL. Mm-hmm. Um, just really struggled. And then also not to be outdone, uh, Rory McDonald loses to Dilliano Diliano Taylor. Uh, I think Nate said it's like a three days notice. Knocked him down in the first round. Finished him with ground and pound. Once again, Rory McDonald just not looking good in the So
1: Rory got knocked down and lost in that
0: first? Wow. Yeah, against a guy who stepped in on three days' notice. Never even heard of him. I mean, I don't know all the guys on PFL, but he just wasn't like a name in that because it was for the welterweight uh, tournament. Wow. But you have like Ray Cooper and some of the other guys who are in that. um, Gleason Bow, never heard of this guy, but, I mean, one punch. I mean, not one punch is in the first round, but landed a big punch, finished him with ground and pound for Rory. I mean, as I said in the group, I don't know if the Robbie Lawler fights took a lot out of him and then the Douglas Lima fight was a, a really hard battle for him um, I don't know. Maybe it's something that once a guy gets his nose punched off in a fight he's just not quite the same guy. Yeah, I mean it could be and I mean at one point, you know Because GSP had the belt he wasn't gonna fight for it But he was probably the second best welterweight in the world at one point mm-hmm. and then to see it now It's just kind of crazy um, moving on to Bellator Neiman Gracie gets knocked out with the nastiest uppercut um, by Gioti Yamanuchi. 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 Yamuchi. I don't know exactly how to say it. I think Yamanuchi. Yamuchi. Either way, he set him up with a mean uh, uppercut. He had his hands down and was basically taking Neiman's punch on the top of the head and kind of getting to bait him into getting close. And as soon as he did, he just turned that uppercut up and just – Knocked him clean out. Wow. Um, Neiman Gracie was close to the title shot. Um, he, I think he'd only lost one fight in Bellator, but just a back step. I mean, he was trying to be a striker. He got bloated into it and got knocked out. That's the game. Yeah. Not to be outdone on that. Um, also, Austin Vanderford, also known as Paige Van Sant's boyfriend. Yeah. Lose, yeah. Lost um, to an unranked guy on eight days notice. Uh, Austin Dang had man. recently fought for a title. It didn't look great, but he was still the number two guy. But this Aaron Jeffries dude put it on him.
1: Was he just stepped in on short notice against yeah. Austin? And stepped him? in
0: on eight days notice and finishes the number two guy in the division. Wow. So I don't know where that puts him. Maybe I mean, give him number two. Or you just that's hard. Give him a number, but I mean, Cause that's.
1: It's like, because like you see like a Hamza, right? Who kind came in with little, you know, little background on him. And then he starts murking guys. It's like, is it that he's that good or is it just show Austin kind of where he's at, you know?
0: Right. So it is interesting, man. Um One thing, just a step back real quick for the Rory McDonald. I seen somebody post this and I thought this was crazy. Rory McDonald's is the same age as Israel Adesanya, two years younger than Jose Aldo.
1: Had to throw your Jose one in there,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> but I just think it's interesting how, you know, fight years work, you know, yeah, you, you go through yeah. tough fights, guys at similar ages are still looking good. Sometimes you just, you know, you've been through so much. People forget how long Aldo's been fighting. Yeah. Or how long Izzy hasn't been fighting. Right. Um, but it's just kind of interesting on that. Staying with the Bellator, though, we do have a huge announcement. Patricky Pitbull is going to be fighting Usman Narragamadov for the title <sighs> November 18th. I feel like, you know, the Pitbull brothers are really good. They're in a really good camp. But I feel like Uzman has just been putting on another level. Yeah. It's just kind of inevitable. I think out of all of them, I mean, I mean, Umar is really good too, but I feel like the way Usman's been doing the people over there. I mean, granted, it's probably different competition. You know, that could be argued, but ew, I think it's just a formality at this point. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see him at lightweight coming up. I mean, I don't know if that he would fight Islam, but or Charles, but well, I mean, he'd fight Charles. But if Islam wins, I don't know if he'd do that. Mm-hmm. But that would be a fight with the way that he mixes in his striking, still having his grappling. Yeah, the dude is a uh, something different. Um, some more fight announcements that I thought were noteworthy Jared cannoneer and Sean Strickland. It's a bounce back fight for them guys. Yep. October 15th. It's a fight night. Um, interesting to see how Strickland rebounds from getting knocked out. Interesting to see how cannoneer comes back from, you know, failing against Izzy. Uh, also in that division, we have an, um, your boy, Jack Hermanson and Derek Brunson mm-hmm. added to December 3rd's main ev- of main event bout. Um, once again, you know, Brunson obviously didn't look good against Cannoneer. This is his bounce-back fight. He's only won one more, I thought. I thought he was wanting to be done after his next one. Uh, well, he said that, but then I also heard a little bit after that that he's like, all right, I'll try one more run. <laughs> well, and see how he does here. And Jack looked good his last fight. Mm-hmm. A lot of adjustments there, so that one will be very interesting. Um, meatball Molly McCann fighting Aaron Blanchfield. UFC 281, so she's breaking off of the... Teaming up with Patty on dun, the card. Dun, dun. So we'll see how that looks. Um Eric Anders and Kyle Dawkins added to that same December 3rd card. Okay. Um that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Eric Anders is dangerous. Kyle Daukus is trying to kind of get his name back up there in the mix. Um another another interesting it's not a fight announcement, but it's a potential. The co-owner of PFL tweeted saying, Fans want the fight, fighters want the fight. I've watched and listened and we'll provide all the money and handle all the matters. Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg. A million dollars each fighter. Two million dollar winner bonus. A pay-per-view super fight. No more talk. Let's just decide this out in the cage. Wow. Kayla Harrison has basically came out saying she'd be willing to give Cyborg her whole purse if she loses. Why? she's put her money where she wants to fight. I mean, she needs a she needs a name that's fair but she needs a legacy win it's just tough
1: man with chris losing to nunez the way she did yeah um, i means, mean uh,
0: she's she but she's been winning in bellator yeah. so but for kayla harrison at this point she has to yeah she needs a name i mean you could go 100 and no in pfl but nobody's gonna care that's fair when you have these other big names that you're you decided not to go against, and I mean, to give up her purse. I mean, she's won a million dollars a couple times over there, and mm-hmm. she probably makes good money. I yeah. mean, I imagine her contract was probably really well. Yeah. Um So hopefully that happens. I mean, like I said, she needs that. Kayla Harrison needs a big fight. Yeah. Who knows how much longer Amanda's gonna fight? So she might not even be there in in the future. So she needs something. Um Another thing I thought was interesting: Rose Naman Yunus, not ruling out moving up to one twenty five pounds to fight Valentina. That'd be a fun one. I think that's the best. I mean, the best move for Rose. Yeah. Well, and then with Valentina, I mean, she needs, she could use it too. Right. She could use another, not only another opponent, but somebody who'd be like, well, I don't know, you know, this, Mm -hmm. I mean, Rose obviously is going to be a little bit small. Right. But we know on any given night she could show up and uh, be a problem for people. Yeah. Um, UFC announcing a broadcast deal with Brazil. UFC 283 is going to be set January 21st in Rio de Janeiro. That'll be fun. Haven't been back to Brazil for a while. It's interesting though because, you know, with Charles fighting in October, I don't know if he could be I mean, depending on how that fight goes, obviously you'd love to have him for a Brazil fight. Yeah. Um Davison, you'd love to have him for maybe that's when that him and Moreno happens. That makes a lot of sense to do yeah. that in Brazil. Um but those Brazil cards are notoriously really, really exciting. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um I feel like I had just Oh. Uh, okay. So we talked about Bone Nickel or we haven't talked about Bone Nickel. Bone Nickel contender series. Yes. 60 seconds cranks this guy's face off. Mm-hmm. Um once a contract doesn't get, it gets a developmental contract. Yeah, they've already announced this next fight happening in September against Donovan Beard. The guy's seven and one. Yeah, haven't looked up anything on him per mm-hmm. se, but it seems like they're trying to fast track him. Which, I mean, rightfully so. He has a name. I'm not mad at the at the second fight in the series, though. I
1: mean, I think it, it is hard, man. Like, yes, he beat the guy in 60 seconds, but he was one and no coming into that fight against who. So right. it's like, yeah, he's good. He's a stud. He's got that wrestling background that's massive. But, you know, you put him in. the. How many times have we talked about it? The UFC is a hard place to learn how to fight, right. and that's what he's doing. So
0: Yeah, and, I mean, backgrounds are great. Yeah. I mean, um, Adolfo, probably the best decorated jiu-jitsu artist in all of MMA that's ever came to MMA, gets tapped out by Fluffy. Yeah, you happens. know some of these some of these accolades are great, but they don't not always transition um, I don't know if you seen what DC said last night He said give him a top 15 in the middleweight and he's he's running through them All DC right. has <laughs> but obviously DC leans heavy wrestling. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll see I mean they've been fast-tracking guys recently obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's a he's a fun addition
1: to the roster I I, lo- I love to see him in there, but I'm not mad at that. if he goes in there and he decimates the second contender series fight the way he did the first. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well,
0: yeah, and you have to win those fights like that. Like, yeah. if you have a close fight with a guy who's you know seven and one, not even in the UFC. Right. Maybe you're not exactly quite ready. So but, give it. So give him this chance. But if he goes out and does it, okay. Let's see what he. can do. I know Hawani came out and basically said like. He felt like the UFC were posturing. It's like you know you're gonna sign him, just sign him, da 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 da. You don't want Bellator or somebody else to offer them money and, and pull him out from under you. But
1: I think Bo knows what he's worth. He's willing to do the extra fight just to get in there. I think he's all, he'll be all right. Yeah. And,
0: okay. and I mean, I mean to get the the odds he's getting already in these fights. I mean he was like a minus two thousand or three thousand mm-hmm. the last fight. Yeah. Um. It, it'll just be interesting to see where they go from here. He wins this, you could see him, you know, getting on an undercard possibly. Definitely a name to watch out for. Yeah. Um, last night, also uh, before I get to this last thing, because I think it's something I wanted to just spend a couple of seconds on. But last night, Tiofimo Lopez wins his debut at 140 pounds in boxing, coming off of his loss to uh, Cambosos Jr., who's recently just lost to Devin Haney. So there's a lot of good fights there. I think Tiofimo was asked if he wants to fight Haney, and basically was just like, "Well, we'll see. These guys don't want to fight me, and it's like it kind of sounds like you don't want to fight that guy, but." Yeah. He's basically saying people don't deserve the recognition, even though the guy who they're asking him about just beat the guy who took all the belts off of him. So it'll be interesting. But Tiafimo's is a exciting guy in the division, so to have him back is definitely gives them another cool addition. Um Tyson Fury unretires, says he wants to fight this one guy, then re retires. I don't know if he's just waiting on the Francis thing <laughs> or what. Um who knows what's happening there. Yeah, I don't know. But Tyson know. Fury is a character anyways. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen him in interviews or anything.
1: A little bit. I've seen like his walkouts and stuff. I know oh, he's yeah. I know he's crazy about that. I mean
0: and also just his transition. The dude was a you know a couch potato, weighed over three hundred pounds and then in like four months got himself in shape and became the best heavyweight in the world. Well kinda out of nowhere. Wow. Um the last thing I wanna bring up, um Uriah Hall retires from M M A. Yep. Said it was it's great sadness that I'm stepping away from the greatest sport. Um, and I just wanted to take a second to talk about like do you remember the feeling around him from the ultimate fighter when he just, like, put that dude in the hospital with that spin kick mm-hmm. and just looked untouchable? Uh, Chael was his coach, I believe, that season. Mm-hmm. Um, came into the UFC and we're like, man, this guy's going to beat Anderson. Like, he's going to give him a challenge. And had some good wins. He beat Musasi, knocked him out, which is obviously a huge win if you look at what Musasi's still doing. Yeah, um, But just never put it together. Beat Anderson Silva. Yeah, beat Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Kicked him. It was that leg kick, or did he check a kick or kick him in the leg? I think he kicked him in the mm-hmm. leg.
1: I think he hit him. I think it was Kananier who kicked him in the leg. Oh, Kananier kicked yeah. him in the
0: leg. Yeah, he won. Yeah, no, that's what you're saying. I remember that. But, you know, Uriah Hall, um, exciting guy. Um, just never quite put it together. Loved, loved watching him fight. Just was always frustrated because it felt like he just wasn't letting go. Wasn't letting his hands go. Mm-hmm. But... And one more chance now for somebody else to move up into the welterweight division, and maybe it is like a bone ankle or something like that. So, yeah, it was. well, that's all I got for the news. Uh, you didn't say the reasoning behind Bryce's. Oh picks. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I told him
1: when he sent me the uh, sent me his picks. I said, give me a reason for why you want these guys as your pick, and his reason for all three. were I literally just picked the guy who looked stronger.
0: Mm. That was it.
1: Now <laughs> that, yeah, was that the makes ins- sense. That was the insightfulness from. from I would the have Bryce loved thing. to
0: seen us have like. Smaller people, like even like small women, in these in these picks, because then he'd have had to like. Well, I guess she looks stronger. I guess this straw weight looks yeah. strong. That's funny. Well, um, since Nate's not here for his pick, a song of the week, Bryce, Bryce also is coming through. Get song of the week.
1: So um, no surprise for me here with his pick. Um, I don't think I would expect anything less. Bryce's pick for song of the week was. Keep my head together by Marilyn Manson. Nice. Yeah. Knew he was gonna go with the Marilyn Manson there. Yeah. Nathan's
0: probably gonna love that one. Yeah.
1: Can't be. Can't be as bad as the uh, Ray J. So listen.
0: People came out to some weird stuff last night. All right. So. Yeah, let's do our little one for the people. What do you got?
1: My one for the people, I went to an MGK concert on Ooh, yeah. Thursday, and it yeah. was a blast. Your man. head doesn't look too burnt up. Nope, kept the sunscreen on. The SPF 7,000. Sun went down pretty quickly. It was it a good night. It was a great night, man, weather-wise. Um, it was a fun concert, man. He really put on a good show. Um, I, I had a good time. It was a blast. So
0: If he comes back, are you going? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We were actually talking about it. Like, yeah, hey, we should go if he comes back again. Because he's, he's from Cleveland, so right. he, he should plays there a lot. Who so else I'm was sure. on the ticket? Um, It was um him and it was supposed to be Willow, which, weirdly enough, she did like two songs and never came back out. So mm. I don't know if something happened with her. I don't know yeah. what. Um, Travis Barker was there. And um, we thought... Avril Lavigne and Blackbear were going to be there too, but I guess they were just doing a few certain spots mm, together. Sometimes they do that, yeah, yeah, so that kind of threw us off. But nonetheless, it was fan. It was a great show. It was mostly you know obviously him, um, and Willow's couple songs that she did there, which nice. were tight. But MGK's were really nice. Looked pretty packed. Yeah, it was a. It was
0: what say? I think they said seventeen thousand people. I've seen there are some cases that come from that. Maybe yeah. some monkeypox or well, something. We'll so see. I'm gonna stay uh, away from you. Yeah. Um, did you see any Mosh pits? No, oh, dang, did not. That's disappointing. Oh, yeah. Um, what's going to be the first concert you take Oliver to? Mm. If you had to pick a, a group or a band, I don't know, man. Probably something he likes. Yeah. But I, because I'm not a huge concert guy. I will say I'm 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 really hoping he becomes a big Ray J fan. Oh jeez. <laughs> I won't take it. His, his mom will take him. I'm gonna that. start feeding him some Ray J stuff. So. <laughs> All right. Well, my one for the people is um, hmm. My birthday's coming up next week. Ooh, how old? I'll be 32. 32. 32. Um, I think we're just going to do like a little cookout or something. Nothing crazy. Might do some axe throwing. There's a place in town now that's open over there by Anytime Fitness. Mm-hmm. Yep. So might do that. I'm not 100% sure. that will be fun. So yeah, that's what we got for you guys. Uh, make sure you tune in next week when we give you guys the reaction from UFC 278. And without, And then Nathan will be back. So we'll get to hear about how bad we did.
1: Yeah. all the nitpicky stuff his trip from New York will probably have a bunch of facts I hope he has like a
0: a New York accent when he comes back I'm sure I'll have something that would be sweet some weird drink he's all of a sudden obsessed with yeah well I hope you guys have a great week we'll see you next time peace peace